We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, y'all. It's Vlad Harris here another Panther Rants podcast. It's Monday. It's the morning commute. I'm kind of nursing a cold as I tried to battle with Airborne and whatever else I could muster for the last several days. And, of course, I could not combat combat it, so I'm stuck with it for, for a few days. Holidays are coming up. And of course, school will be done here pretty soon for a lot of our, a lot of our kids. I know both of my kids are done on Thursday, and my daughter my daughter had a program. I think it was Wednesday, I believe, and my son has his tomorrow Tuesday. So I'm taking tomorrow off to uh, go take care of that. So starting off. We got the Patriots and Steelers. Although I don't really talk much NFL on here, but you know, sometimes. All in all, it was a good game. I always find that the NFL, probably for the last maybe 15 years, maybe a little longer, 16. To me, it's always been glorified studio wrestling. It just feels a lot that happens with the NFL is scripted. And I think, they, I think you know, if, if you look at the XFL when it came out, I, you know, they, they obviously took some things off the XFL. And I think scripting, you know, I feel sometimes scripting football games is one of them. Because, you know, with the NFL, almost anything, it feels like it's, the ending's manufactured, whether it's by referees or by players, and then you have, uh, you have a lot of storylines, I mean, there's been a ton of storylines this year with the NFL, obviously there's, uh, for one thing, you got the, anthem, you, got the you got the kneeling, that's, that's the, that's the hot topic, you got owners feuding with uh, Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell, Goodell, or how you pronounce it. Mainly Jerry, you have the you have the, you have the Jerry Jones Goodell feud going on. You have the owner of the Carolina Panthers now in some hot water because of uh, obviously some sexual harassment stuff. So he's selling the team. Bob McNair and his you know what he the stuff he said. Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks doing Seattle things. I mean, there's just lots of storylines. 
I mean, it's almost like each team has one. You, you know, you have especially with Big Ben. You, know, you have the Big Ben Antonio Brown supposed supposed feud. You have that going. Ben's feud with Haley. And it just, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's been an entertaining year, year for NFL, despite supposed the ratings dropping. I mean, I think, you know, if you look, if you look at this as a, uh, as a show, it's been a pretty good season for the NFL. I mean, on the field and off the field with, with the story, with all, with, uh, what they've done, you know, storyline wise. And, uh, this, uh, was an, this was a crazy game and of course had a crazy ending which you could have, which you could make up. Whereas the Steelers, you thought they were down, get to the goal line. Well, not too, so much to the goal line, the ten yard line, pretty much. Score a touchdown. They get called back on a bogus roll, and there you got drama. And if we're going by a script here, I have a feeling that these two teams are going to meet again because. They wouldn't do this without some drama. And you know, in the case of the Steelers, I mean, you know, I went this, I went those Steelers games up until I moved. I went the Steelers games from almost every home game from probably about nineteen eighty nine to two thousand eight. And uh, the Steelers just have a history of losing the Patriots in heartbreaking situations. The uh, 2002 AFC title game, or 2001, which however you want to say it, was a big heartbreaker. And that was a really good Steelers team. That defense that year was, oh man, it was physical, tough. I mean, they just beat the. I mean, the week before they just beat the crap out of uh, Baltimore. And. Uh, they came in obviously underdogs and you thought the Steelers would take care of business but they struggled all game and they made a lot of bad decisions not so much bad decisions special teams were a killer I guess they had a block I guess a block field goal I think for a touchdown a fake a punt return for a touchdown Pretty much everything, you know, Steelers dug themselves in a hole. They were down 20, I think 24-3, I think is what it was. And they had, they had two possessions to get back. You know, they were down three. Had two possessions to get it, you know, the score. And Cordell threw picks on both of them. That game pretty much solidified, you know, the ending of Cordell Stewart in Pittsburgh. And it sucked because you thought that the guy was going to do, do, you know, he was out of his funk or whatever. Because Lord knows they spent, they put so much time in developing Cordell. They found you felt you think they had it right and it didn't work out. Because the next year he. Uh, hit a hangover going to the next season and of course he lost his starting job to Tommy Maddox but there was that but let's look at t- 2004 when uh, Roethlisberger started he played New England and they, they they beat New England I mean he 
had a really good game. The time bet was still kind of unknown. So New England didn't have enough game film on him. So obviously when they were gonna meet a second time, which was the AFC title game, they had they had enough film on him that they they were able to beat us. And you knew that was gonna happen. After you know, after that game when we won, you had a feeling we were gonna face them again. And our offense was struggling, I remember, down the stretch as well. But uh this game sucked. Obviously, they'll, they'll lose like that. But if they can attain a Brown healthy, they got other guys that can step up. And I think, you know, next game will be a little bit different, hopefully. Hopefully, it's a more positive thing for the Steelers. They just got to avoid playing Jacksonville. But uh, until then, New England, New England owns the Steelers, and that's that. So we move on the pit. Pit uh, just finished up. Well, I believe is their non-conference slate. I you know I haven't looked at the schedule, but they play McNeese State on Saturday. Struggled early with the shooting. They were missing open shots, and then uh, second half they just took care of business. I mean, they just they just took. Uh, they just tore the crap out of McNeese State in the second half, which is what needed to be done. And they did without Ryan Luther, which is even more. I mean, people, I mean, I'm sure people are uh, upset over Luther being injured. I am too. I mean, Luther, Luther was doing really good up until, until this uh, happens. I mean, he's gone for a few weeks, but he was playing pretty well. I mean, he's the leader of the team and. But uh, they picked it up. I mean, and obviously other players that's other players who haven't really got much playing time. They've they they got you know thrown in the fire, and that's how it's going to be. But uh, it's good. I mean, it was encouraging the win itself. But ACC play is coming up, and they got to do something here. I'm not sure what they can do, but. It's not going to be easy. I had the over under, under for Pitt wins is 10, and I'm not sure they're going to make, if they're going to go over 10. And who knows? They might. Let's just hope they're trending upwards. Because uh, it'll be good for them. Of course, good for us, but of course, you know the issue with it was attendance. Obviously, not a lot of people showed up to the game, and attendance at pit hoops games is just going to be what it is. I mean, it's a shame. But when they when they built the pit, they were packing it. I mean, it was, it was good. I mean, they had a really good program in place. It was a perfect storm at the time because uh, with how, when Howland was there, I mean, 2000, 2000 2001 you know, they they barely missed the they barely missed the tournament, losing to the Big East final. Next year they just kicked ass. Fitzgerald was packed, and then uh, the next year they opened the Pete. And I mean, there was, I mean, Pitt basketball got so popular that 
you had a waiting list for uh, for tickets, which was absolutely phenomenal to have. And I'm not sure there's a wait list. That, I'm not. I mean, I have to look. I'm not sure there's a wait list now. Probably a lot of people didn't re-up the tickets, which is a shame. Because it's still a decent program, it's just, you know, it's in a bad patch right now. But, uh, moving on. Pit football. Obviously, you know, the Narduzzi extension happened. We had some more people leave the program. Well, actually, you know, we had a, two, we had a second quarterback leave. Tom McVitie left, which is odd because I, had, I released a podcast about it. And that day it was I released it. <laughs> His dad unfollowed me on Twitter. I'm guessing he must have listened to it. And it was nothing bad about McVitie at all. Or McVitie, or however you pronounce his name. I mean, anything bad about the kid. I think he's going to have a great career. I mean, he's still a long way to go. It's just, Kenny Pickett happened. But uh, Ben DiNucci left, which uh, led to a, it was somewhat of a meltdown on Twitter because we had nobody to back up uh, Kenny Pickett. People started screaming because DiNucci left. Well, a few weeks ago, we couldn't wait for Danucci to leave Pitt. <laughs> we couldn't stand him because of how he was playing. And now he leaves, and we're like, what happened? Why did he leave? Well, he left. He's going to go somewhere else and move on. So Pitt obviously got a quarterback in his to replace him by the name of Ricky Towns. Ricky was a former, uh, I think, four or five-store quarterback. I mean, he was like uh, he was the same class as Sam Darnold, but he's been uh, he's bounced around several programs, and uh, you know he he's a, he was in uh, he was a you know, junior college recently, and I saw I mean I watched his game film and his game film isn't bad. His tape is pretty decent, and he. He's a similar. He's similar to Kenny Pickett, and you hope he picks up the offense like Kenny does. Because in case Kenny struggles or gets hurt, Ricky can come in and play. So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean that was encouraging. And of course, Brian O'Neill is going pro, which was which was obvious as well. O'Neal is a hell of a player and probably has a hell of a future. So, yeah, it sucked losing him too, but it is what it is. I mean, guys are going to go pro early, and I guess O'Neal has a good shot of being drafted. And he's got some impressive game film. I mean, if if not an offensive lineman, he could probably be a uh, tight end because he uh, obviously for his size got some wheels on him.
And of course, one thing I forgot to mention as far as football goes, Shady McCoy grabs uh, 10,000 rushing yards. As I've been talking about it for the last few weeks. He finally eclipsed it. And it's weird. I mean, the kid... It seems... It feels like yesterday... It was like yesterday where, that, where McCoy was at Pitt. And he was tearing up defenses. And I remember he uh, was he was splitting carries with... Uh, Leroy Stevens initially, I think, at least first game of the season he was. And I remember watching him play in that game against Eastern Michigan. He just, he almost broke a few game, few, few runs. And you can see the rust was still, you know, was still on him. But then, uh... I just remember Eastern Michigan, not Eastern Michigan, but Michigan State... Where he just blew that big run. And you knew right then and there that he made his introduction in the foot in the college football. I mean he made his that was his introduction that day. We had no quarterback, but every time but every time he got the ball in that game against Michigan State, you were just on your feet, on your tiptoes, wanting to see what he was gonna do. Because despite having no quarterback, you knew with with, with McCoy, you knew that uh, you still had a chance because you had him, and you could just give him the ball and he would do something with it. That's what the, you know. That's one thing I uh, remember about him when he played at Pitt, and I thought he was gonna you know stay one more year after the Sumble fiasco, but. He went pro, and I wasn't crazy about it, but he ended up well, he ended up on the Eagles, which was a, which was a good thing because the Eagles were still a decent football team. He did he, you know he ended up on some garbage uh, franchise at the Browns, so it worked out for him. And can you imagine if he'd have stayed one more year? You would have had a backfield of McCoy, Dylan Lewis. Ray Graham, you wouldn't you wouldn't even have to throw the football at that point. <laughs> you could just give it give it to one give it to one one of them, and they would do something with it. But Pitt had a really good offensive line as well. I mean, one thing that one step was doing at the time when he took over as coach was. He said he, had, he had, one thing they had to do was rebuild the lines on both sides of the ball, which you know he he did. And um, you know, it's just shit with Dave. It's just a shame that uh, it had to end. You know, things just fell apart. But um, 
with McCoy going back to him. You know, I thought his, um, you know, he's, I thought things would end for McCoy when he went to Buffalo, and, and it hasn't. I mean, the guy is just still running. You know, what the crazy part is, is he's still young. I mean, this is where, you know, he's, re- he's reached the age where running backs pretty much start to go downhill. But if you look at McCoy's stats, he hasn't had a lot of carries. You find that most running backs, they tend to break down when they had, when they had a year where they get the ball a lot. You know, uh, Larry Johnson was one. He had a one he had that big year with Kansas City, got a lot of carries, his body just broke down after that. And Arian Foster too. Arian Foster's a obviously a, a clear clear choice as well. Gary Kubek ran the heck out of him. And his body started to fall apart. But uh You know, McCoy he hasn't really had a, you know he gets carries, but I mean, he, it's not like he's getting 30, 40 a game. And if he uh, keeps getting a thousand yard seasons, and he's keep you know at this at the pace he, he is. And if he can stay durable, you know he may uh, he may move up further up that rushing chart. I mean, he's got. I mean, the guy he still can play. He's got the. One thing about McCoy is that he's got the burst. That burst is just amazing. Even the stone, the guy can burst. So as long as he keeps his, keeps his, keeps his, his cuts, his moves, his burst, and stays healthy, he'll be good for a while. Oh, oh anyway, I'll stop babbling. Hell to pit.